right now, bro. Dude, I have two ARs and two pistols up here. So. Ready to go. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, welcome back. We're here on episode 25 of the Speed Up and Get Your Hits podcast. And uh, as always, my name is Billy uh, with Spectrain. I've got Nick from Velox Training Group and Brennan from Vortex Edge uh, here on the podcast. If you happen to just be finding us, uh, this is we're just three shooters and firearms instructors like to help other people get better, talk about shooting and talk about how to get better at shooting for the most part. And that's kind of what we do here on the podcast. Fellas, what's up? What you, how you doing? What you been up to? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> I've been working on uh, some swinger stuff. I shot some matches. Ooh. And yeah. uh, shot two matches in the last week. Um, mm -hmm. And did. I was there for did, one of them. Did fairly decent, but the swingers have been like a complete thorn in my side. And it's not even like the partial swingers that have been a real pain in my ass, it's the open <laughs> swingers. Because, like, yeah. the partial swingers, like, you guys would get this. Like, to me, the partial swingers are easier because, it, it, like, it forces you to see smaller. Whereas the open swingers, like, I will get, like, Charlie Charlie on either side of the alpha. And it's like, yeah. I am not, I am not tra trapping that thing appropriately. So yep. I've been putting a bunch of time in the swingers. Like, I, I, I own a swinger. So, like, there's no reason for me to suck at a swinger. So, uh put a lot of time into uh, shooting some swingers shot with uh, our buddy Randall yesterday for a couple hours and uh, he was showing me some stuff. So I think I've got at least a plan to, uh, to get better at swingers. Very good. I think, I think I saw you doing designated target on a swinger, right? Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's yeah. the move because then the it swinger is, is has a different timing every time you go back to it and like talk about forcing yourself to see a spot on the target. Like you can't get away with anything else. If you're going to shoot points on that thing, that's cool. You know, especially, especially an open swinger. Like yeah. if you think for a second that you're just going to like look at a spot and rip, you know, a 15 split at it and there, and it's going to be good. Like, no, it's probably going to be an alpha Delta. So yep. <laughs> like you have to see like, so, um, so small on those things yeah. like i mm -hmm. really really have to force myself to see as small as humanly possible and like try to see as much detail on that target as humanly possible and then obviously trap it in the correct spot which yeah. you know more, i mean it was going decently towards the end of yesterday but i mean you would kind of expect that towards the end of a range day so yeah it's, it's a very it's a very normal. unique it's a very unique visual challenge, right, when you're talking about trapping a swinger because you don't really have anything in the correct focal plane to look at until the target gets there. <laughs> mm -hmm. You have the dot, yep. and you have whatever the background is, which might be close or it might be far away. Um, and so as that target comes down, you've got to figure out the, the right way to shift your, vo your, your vision uh, back to the right plane, see where the, see where the target is, and, and, but, you know, without following it. And that's... Pretty, pretty tough for sure, yeah, but a lot mm -hmm. of fun, a lot of fun to work on. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Cool, man. Well, Brennan and I are just getting back from obviously the Nationals. Uh, USPSA Carry Optics Nationals was a uh, was a. Uh, I, I, I guess it's so it's fair to say it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I hate you guys. Yeah. I hate you guys. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was also a bit of a, a, a thrashing in some respects, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, 
Brennan, man. Most respects. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's start with you, brother. I mean, uh, so this is, was, is, this is only my second, but it's your, your first, uh, obviously, Nationals. Uh, what, what was the experience like, man? Was it, was it what you expected? Was it, was it different? What thoughts? Yeah. So what, something I realized right away was like, I just, I do not have, uh, the major match experience that a lot of the, just the guys who are at my, at a similar like skill level or classification level, uh, as me have, uh, which is very <laughs> not interesting. Even, I, not even that, just like the C-class dudes that have shot, been shooting nationals for like 20 years, right? Like, well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think I've shot three, I think that was my fourth major that I've ever shot. Uh, and they've all been, uh, like state matches or like section matches. Um, so right. I haven't even shot an area match. Uh, I still haven't, I was going to shoot area five and, uh, that didn't end up working out this year. But so I was just going into it like, okay, like first, like, big match essentially and like holy shit um i want to say there were 50 some gms and like 120 to 130 some m class guys and then like it just it just went from there like it was it was a stacked field um personally like going into it i didn't really know what to expect uh as far as um as far as how it was going to feel like how match flow was going to feel uh, where I was going to place, I was really trying not to think about placement at all, just kind of trying to shoot my shoot my game, which I didn't do a great job at. Um, but I think overall, like just high level impressions, uh, difficult match. Like the shooting was difficult. Uh, the it took a pretty high degree of uh, programming, I think, when it came to shooting the actual mm. stages for me. Um, there's a fair number of stages that I looked at in the match book where I was like. This should be pretty straightforward. It's not going to be like best stage plan wins type thing. It's just going to be whoever shoots it, <laughs> you, you know, it sh- shoots it the best is, is going to win, right? And I was like, that's cool. That's kind of my my strengths. Um, and when I showed up, like just walking the stage, I was like, oh, no, it's actually really precise. You've got to stand exactly here. If you're, if you're one foot to the left, you're not going to see this target. Just kind of a lot of that that was a little surprising to me for how open some of the stages looked. Um, and so shooting that was difficult. A uh, lot of far targets. Um, a lot of, yeah, very low hit factor stages. And maybe that's the norm for those matches. But I'm usually I usually feel like at at the majors I've shot, there's at least one or two stages that have a pretty high hit factor, and I felt like everything was even like the top guys were doing maybe like an eight hit factor, uh, tops. So pretty interesting in that regard as well. Uh, that's not the type type of stage that I'm used to shooting. Um, so it was definitely it was definitely a challenge um, in that aspect. So overall, I'd say challenging. Um, for sure and i'm changing up a lot of how i train uh because of it like obviously there's no skill development work going into uh into the match it's not the time to figure out how to do stuff like new but coming out of that it's like okay it's really cool because i actually feel like there's three or four things that uh like i have to develop the hard skills for that the hard skills just aren't there to an adequate level um and if I would lock those down, it's just going to be that many more tools in my toolbox to be able to tackle a stage like that, uh, or, or like mm-hmm. like the ones that gave me trouble. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was an interesting match, right? I mean, I think I think the Nationals' experience and, and majors, you know, in general, are always a unique thing. Something that I'm working on, you know, specifically there. There's there's a couple things that are different about it. One one is simply that there's way more stages, which changes yeah. in some in some sense the the approach you take to the match because it becomes way more about I think just consistency, uh, even even more you know risk avoidance uh, than than maybe you would at a at a smaller shorter match. Um, there's, there's random things you run into that are, that are weird, like, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, shooting in the pouring rain with, you know, with not waterproof targets and all that kind of stuff and running, running through rivers while you're shooting and weird stuff like that. Right. Um, but this new, the style from this match was even, you know, I felt like massively different from the match, uh, last year. I was actually a pretty big, big fan of the stages and the way things were laid out last year, obviously at this new facility. It was a little bit challenging, I think, in Zone 1 because they didn't really have three-sided berms uh, for pretty much the entirety of Zone 1. They had some bullet traps they could use um, to spread a couple targets on each stage out wide. Um, but that that's, I think, a super unusual thing to see at, a, at any USPSA match, let alone a major, let alone nationals, where you have essentially an entire zone of all um, essentially straight downrange shooting. So that, that really, I think, made... A bunch of the stages feel very, very similar, um, mm-hmm. you know, right right there. Um, Those stages are almost then, like indoor stages almost. Like, that's what it exactly. felt like. Exactly. I mean, they were very much yeah. like the stages you guys set up at, at Edge. You know, that, I mean, you have to, right? I mean, everything's kind of down. You got a couple bullet traps out to the side just to, you know, to spread things out. But most everything's got to be downrange, right? Yeah. Um, and so it very much was, you know, kind of, kind of that style. But then the, the interesting thing to me was just the, you know, obviously a match like that is supposed to be a balanced test of skills. You hit on this already. Um, but it was like, man, the exact same things, the most part, are being tested um, on on every single stage, right? So, like, every, every chance where you're moving laterally across the stage and you have a target to come in on, it's like, okay, well, every single one of those is going to be a partial. And, and it's always going to be like a 50% IPSC target, right? Uh, where you have no chance of really um, shooting two alphas on the move on that target coming across the stage. Um, and so it, it just eliminated, I think, a lot of the skills um, that, you know, frankly, a lot of us spend the majority of the time working on, which was super interesting. And you know, I definitely made massive strategy, I think, mistakes, especially in the first couple of days. Um, just Just trying to force my style of shooting onto the match, trying to blend more positions and trying to shoot more on the move. And that wasn't what the match rewarded at all. It rewarded running to a spot, shooting two targets, and then running to this spot and shooting a target and running over to this spot and shooting three targets. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's something for me to start taking note of for sure is is figuring out, doing a better job of figuring out the correct strategy in some of those stages that are a little bit different. I, I don't know, honestly, I'm a little bit at a loss where to direct training for next year because I have, I would expect it's not gonna be the same match next year at all because it was a very, a very rare uh, match from from what I've seen. Um, but there's interesting takeaways, you know I mean? Like one of, the, one of the takeaways for me is like, man, I probably need to be like looking at some different ammo <laughs> for next year. Like, uh, I mean, my the ammo that I load um, with just blue bullets and stuff is like perfectly fine. Um, for the shooting that I do, <clears throat> it's not perfectly fine for like, um, you know, 44 yard mini poppers, um, you know, trying to get first round impacts. Like, I mean, I'm shooting, 
<laughs> you know, three inch, three inch groups at 30 yards or whatever. So you can't really guarantee um, first round impacts on uh, on those kind of targeted distance. So you know, interesting things to look at and uh, and work on. You know, on my end for sure for next year. But uh, I think. Christian actually just posted his match footage today, so I'm, I'm very excited about uh, diving cool. into that and, and figuring some things out because there was definitely some stages I was just at a loss um, looking at the scores. Like, man, where are these guys finding um, the time on some of these stages? So I'm, I'm, I'm super interested to dive into that and figure some stuff out for sure. But. Something I thought was pretty interesting too, like <clears throat> looking at my scores compared to everybody else's, obviously like I was super far down the list, but as you go up, uh, like as I would go up like through the whatever hundred shooters that are ahead of me on any given stage, it would be like our times and our points are super similar. So even if you go up like 50 people, like we're not very far apart. Like if he and I were on the same squad and shot it together, like we both probably like fist bump. He'd be like, yeah, that was like a, a pretty good run. Right. Yep. And, yep. but it's just because of how many shooters there were and then how good the guys at the top are. That's where I started to see that, like really start pulling away, like as far as like the super squad uh, and how they were shooting. But it wasn't just that, Oh, like you shot it uh, one and a half seconds slower than some, somebody else. And so you're going to be just like super far down. It's like, no, there's like actually like, three and a half seconds between me and the, and the top run, but there's a whole, there's a bunch of guys in like increments of, you know, 0.2 seconds all the way down to where you are, you know, which is, which I thought was pretty sure. interesting. Like it wasn't Yeah, I mean, just, there was, there was, uh, oh, you made one mistake. It, was, it was very stacked. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's, in some cases, like you, like you kind of mentioned, I think as well, I mean, Christian, I think almost blew the curve out a little bit in, in terms of the overall, uh, match in this case, but I mean, still, I mean, 20, 20, the 20% 20 of within Christian's score for the match was a hundred slots down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a uh, hundred plus. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of dudes compressed into that top, you know, kind of 20% space. And obviously the, that continues down. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see for sure. Is is there anything specific that um, that you feel like you're gonna hammer on, or just like uh, a skill discrepancy that you saw that you feel like you're gonna hammer on in training for a bit, or uh, did you feel like it's it's more general than that? I I hate to say it, but not really. Like I I don't feel like there was a, a, a specific skill that I was missing that was really my my issue there. Um, it was it was definitely definitely strategy but then some of the things also that you know again i wasn't necessarily prepared for at the match i'm not even sure if it's worth spending time on because i don't know if we'll really ever see him again those yeah you know I, those i i still am not certain necessarily like what the proper aiming scheme for some of those 50 percent ipsic targets was you know in some of those cases like where where to aim on that target right like that i was really questioning that based upon you know, am I moving? Am I selling in the position and so forth? That's a target I've never, ever seen before. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever see it again. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, am I going to spend like a lot of time working on that target over the next year? Like, I don't know. Like, unless, unless, uh, unless we start seeing those, you know, more, probably not. Right. Cause that's kind of a crazy target. Um, that doesn't necessarily have a, a, a reasonable training application that I can come up with. Um, so 
yeah, I don't know. It, it, I'm I definitely going to dive in. Um, I'm definitely going to specifically really dive into the match footage. Now that we're starting to see some of the top guys, I haven't really thought about it as much since we haven't I haven't had match footage to look at. But I'm going to go on stage by stage basis and figure out where some of my you know time loss was and so forth. And I'll probably come up with some stuff based upon that. Um, but yeah, not nothing nothing huge specifically I'm looking at yet. What about you? Um, I mean, so I think the big, the big ones are just you know, stuff that I, I already knew I was really bad at, like just stage planning and, and sticking to plans and cementing that stuff. I, I did better, uh, on day two. So after day one was talking to, uh, Randall and maybe it was Buck or something. We were up pretty late and, uh, he, Randall was you like, were. bro, you're not, you are not visualizing enough. Like you're not rehearsing yeah. it enough. And I was like. I feel like, like, I feel like I, I've got it pretty good. It's just that like when a mistake happens, uh, it's throwing me off. He's like, you need to do it more. He was like, <laughs> when you get on deck, he was like, you just need to keep rehearsing it, rehearsing it, rehearsing it, rehearsing it until they call your name to come up and, and shoot. And I was like, all right, like I'll do it. And day two, we shot the stages that I was uh, the most comfortable with just because I had walked the most times. They made the most sense to me. And, uh, like it was, it was pretty helpful. Um, so I think just like changing a little bit of how I, how I prep for each stage is, is going to be a big thing. Uh, and that's where like, I can actually use locals to practice, um, which can be hard. Uh, like if you're ROing or trying to run the squad or help out or whatever, but like, I'm trying to be disciplined at least by the time I'm on deck to quit, quit doing anything else, even if it's just a local. And just sit back there and visualize and uh yeah i think that's going to be really helpful um the other thing i i think for me is like there wasn't a, there were not a lot of places where you could shoot on the move um but there were some places where i was where i've already seen videos from the top guys like they were shooting some stuff on the move and like maybe not like a lot not not like Eric Grafell style where he's sprinting down uh, and shooting, right? But they were moving on targets and picking up some time uh, pretty significantly. So I was like, all right, so I'm only pretty much comfortable moving on like certain confirmation level targets. So I need to up my, uh, like my, my, or, you know, change, change the way I view some of those targets and, and, and not let them be such big risks. Um, and so like, I've already put in a session of, pretty much just shooting on the move only partials only from like beyond 10 yards um and it's hard right but it's doable like you don't always have to mm -hmm. just move through it super fast um so i'm gonna spend more time on that like i think that's really really interesting um and you combine the ability to do that on maybe one maybe two targets uh and see what kind of positional gains you can make um yeah i think that's I think that's good. Um, it's, it's hard stuff. Like it's not, honestly, it's not fun to practice, but I think I need to put in the time. And then the last thing that's been specific for me is like short movements. I gotta, I gotta move faster on them. Um, they're, they're the easiest ones, uh, like physically. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't get the same acceleration, uh, that I do on longer runs. Um, so committing to that movement a little bit harder, um, looking at an actual spot that I want to go, even though it is a short movement and I could pretty much just kick out my leg, replace my feet, you know, 
to do a shuffle step and I, and, and I'd be there like not really good enough. I need to look where I'm going, let my eyes drive my body towards that. And then, you know, do a nice three-step entry or something like that, get the gun back up. So mm-hmm. it's little stuff like that that I was like, yeah, like I feel like I'm pretty decent at. Uh, it was just was not showing up for me at the match. So it's like, well, time to time to hammer that out. I feel like I feel like you should talk about why shooting um, like partials, like far partials on the move, is really hard. I think that would help people out. <laughs> I, I have some thoughts on it because I've been doing a lot of that stuff here lately too. So. I mean, other than it's the hard, fact that it's hard because shooting partials. standing still is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I see, see, I'm the opposite. Like I could, I could hit it standing still, but like in my head while I'm shooting that on the move, it feels slower than what I'm used to. And so mm. I feel like, yeah. and I know this is like just feelings, but like in the back of my head, I'm like, dude, you need to like hurry up. Like you're shooting this really slow, but then I'll look at it on a video and it's like, Oh, well you set to 18 split at it. Like, yeah, it's, it's a eight, it's a eighteen yard partial or a twenty yard partial, mm-hmm. whatever. Like yeah. that probably wasn't the type of confirmation that that thing needed. And so, like for me, I think the toughest part of that is just like having the the amount of like mental control that you need to shoot that thing instead yeah, of it, just shooting it at the pace that you want to shoot it. It presents as a way harder target when you're actually like looking through the glass of your optic, right? It's like, Oh shit. What I, what I did, because I was struggling with that too. I was like, damn, this is like a really, really hard target. And it was like a no shoot partial at like 12 yards. Right. So like, that is a pretty difficult target. Right. But I was, I was like, there's no reason that I couldn't shoot two alpha on this if I was standing still like Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 times I can shoot two alpha. Right. And so I did that. Like I, I just stopped still and I shot it like three times, uh, three different reps, uh, two alpha, two alpha, two alpha. I was like, all right, like I know what I need to see in order to get that. When I'm moving, I just have to be patient enough to to see that, right? And I'm going to get my hits. And like you were saying, like it's it's that feeling of like I've got to go, I've got to rush. My feet are going to outpace my trigger. Uh, what do I need to look at next? And we just start trying to get on to the next thing because we're moving. I think if you can slow down time for yourself like that and just go be patient and wait until you see what you need to, uh, it takes a lot of the technical difficulty out of it or not the technical difficulty, the the mental difficulty out of it. Mm -hmm. Like now it's just a small target. Yeah. One thing that I do is preconceived ideas of pace will kill you every time. uh, Yes. I I don't care if it's a, a classifier that you've been practicing all week and now you're going to go try to shoot it or if it's, you know, shooting or if, you know, if you have a preconceived idea of the pace you need to shoot, that that's a killer. You know, one of the things I love to say about shoot on the move is that shoot on the move buys you time to be more careful. And, you know, I, I do specific yeah. drills to like prove that to my students in, in classes, right, where I just like try to force them to shoot some, some more, more carefully and slowly on the move than they typically would standing still and they're still cutting massive chunks of time um off of their score and so you know you got you got to do the math on it you know the the there's obviously a point at which shooting on the move does not make sense due to risk and due to you know how how slowly and carefully you have to shoot the number of makeup shots you would have to shoot to actually make sure you're hitting the target and that kind of thing and where that's going to happen is obviously based upon your skill level but um but yeah you know you really you really can um you know especially if your vision's on point, 
shoot with, with a pretty high degree of control and accuracy on the move, as long as you are patient enough to wait for the confirmation that you need on that target. It's probably going to take longer for that confirmation to occur, but once you get it, it works the exact same as if you were standing still. One yeah, thing one... I do to uh, play with that is like, if I'm you know shooting a stage or whatever, like I always set up stages on my range, like that's typically what I start with. But if I mm -hmm. find myself having an issue with a specific target, whether it's you know uh, shooting a partial on the move at 15 yards or something like that, like I will just put out like cones, and then start at one cone and then shoot doubles until I get to the other cone at whatever confirmation level that thing requires and like force myself to do that. Yep, love it. So, I love that it. might help some folks. Cool, um, more to come, I'm sure, from that as we continue to, to work through uh, takeaways and, and start looking towards other big matches and so forth, uh, man. For me, it's I, I've I've got to really focus and figure out. I know, you know, the, the mental um, side of the game as far as major matches go. Uh, you know, for sure, um, I, I I tend to not shoot the way at at nationals or bigger majors. Uh, I tend to not shoot the same way that I do at home, and that's not in a good way. Uh, and I look at I look at the the guys that I that I shoot with at home, and the way that they perform, uh, you know, against me at majors versus the way they do at home, and it's 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 not a it's not a a good relationship there. So I, I've got to boil some of that stuff down and and, uh, and figure some of that stuff out for sure. But looking forward to uh, digging into that in my own training over over the next year and trying to figure some of that stuff out and we'll we'll hit it again next year um maybe that said, come. maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll get off the wait list for next year maybe you will come. sign up at the appropriate time you know like dude i was ready to like hitchhike <laughs> like if someone will give me a spot like i will be there so now is probably not the time to say that he probably could have gotten in if he just showed yeah, up. Probably not. I'm not sure why you're saying that. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> they they were just kind of letting true. people in. Mm, a little true. bit. Yeah. A little, a little bit of that going on. but Son of a bitch. Dude, that's so aggravating, man. What kills me is like I'm seeing like, you know. Not to, not to bag on anyone, but it's like, ah, uh, like D class girl, like, oh, I got in the nationals, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. I was yeah, like I got 20 minutes late. Oh, that's way too late, bro. Yeah. There were dudes spamming that that register button, like, on at the on the dot and they were getting waitlisted like i th i think the waitlist started in like two minutes is what i heard i'm not sure if that's really? correct or not but yeah i mean it was, it was it was mostly full before open registration even opened so which i don't understand place, but. like like it's nationals you know what i mean like it should be i don't know at, at least like may, maybe make it longer so like maybe more people can get in. I don't know. I don't know what. The I mean, there was five hundred like, shooters, dude. That, I mean, there was a lot. Five hundred is a lot just for carry optics. Did it? You know? well, well, how many shooters were there last year, Billy? Was it like four hundred? It was less. They, I, don't, I forget exactly how many. Maybe, maybe four fifty or something. I don't remember. 
because they I feel like they even bumped it up. But like if they had opened up another hundred, like they would have it would have filled. Yeah, like easily, which is crazy. Yeah, definitely. But I feel the, like I mean, it, I mean our our squads were pretty big already. I mean the I think the only way they could really do that is like adding adding more stages and making it another day or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be wild. That would be. Not 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 suggesting it. I'm just saying that's the only way they could probably fit more people. But anyway, I'm, hey, I'll, I'm I'll, just sour. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> uh, regardless of nationals, well, all we were really there to do was shoot build drills, anyway. And it's fair to say that the Speed Up and Hit Your Heads, Get Your Heads podcast crew showed up in that competition for sure. Uh, congrats to, to Brennan coming in second at the build drill yep. competition. We're super proud Billy, of you. That was really cool. Billy ripped and, off a 123 in the qualifier and a 127 in the head-to-head. Uh, yeah. At least we can At least we can shoot build drills. Yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll probably just keep mostly shooting build drills. Uh, yeah. That'll be my training, I think, for nationals again next year. And we'll probably have the same results, but we'll see. So next year, will people have to go head-to-head with you, or, like, how does that work? Uh, it's still unclear. Um, I, I actually just had a, an interview with Shooting USA today, and we were talking about that. Obviously, there's now money involved in, in this, and so he's, you know, got to get, like, sponsors to, like, actually sign on and so forth. So, like, the plans for all that kind of stuff are not totally locked in, but he's wanting to actually do it at more nationals than just carry optics um, as well. So, I, 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 I like, literally maybe going to open nationals to shoot against all the open guys in a build drill. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to see. Those, uh, those, like open, would, like, those open guys can't draw, though, you know? That's what I'm saying. I literally told him today, I'm like, I feel like I would have an unfair advantage. Like, that's not even that's not even cheating. Mm-hmm. Fair. But you'll, anyway. you'll be done by the time they get their first shot off, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried he was going to open it up to, to PCC as well, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's not gonna do that. Uh, so, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. But we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, this thing's gonna keep going one way or another for sure. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun and a uh, lot, lot lot of good shooters for sure. It was, it's super interesting for me to see, you know, again <laughs> where the the skill differential, or I guess where guys em- emphasize different things, right? I mean, all, all the all the big boys obviously showed up to shoot the. John roped them all in to come shoot. You know, JJ, Max, um, Edens, Christian Seiler, right? All those guys. Uh, it turns out, contrary to popular belief, that apparently, you know, a spicy draw and splits are not the thing you need to win nationals. Um, Can confirm. Was my observation. <laughs> <laughs> or even, or even um, do well in nationals. Uh, I'll just, you know, I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Well, they essentially didn't give us any opportunity. I was, I was joking with Isaac about this to like draw to any targets. 
<laughs> uh, for yeah. the most part. Uh, and there was no close open targets um, in in the match either. So uh, those those skill sets were were kind of eliminated. But um, it, no, it's super inter- interesting to see that kind of stuff. I think a lot of folks are shocked to think that you know the guys that are the best shooters in the world um, might not do as well um, at something like a build drill. But it's just it was a actually a massive mindset shift for me. Um, coming into USPSA and realizing like, hey man, like a lot of the stuff that I've thought was like super, super important <laughs> over the last, you know, 10 years and I've been spending all my time working on is uh, is probably not um, as much of a difference maker as I thought it was. Um, and you started looking at a lot of other stuff other than just like drawing the seven yard targets, but, um, but still, it was a lot of fun and uh, I can't wait to, to do it again for sure. That shit looks good as fuck on the gram, though. It does. It look good. It does. It's it's gonna look a whole lot better in like shooting USA slow mo quality footage. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. But uh, I'll I'll repost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be cool. Anyway. Um, enough about nationals, I think. The the main thing I thought we would talk about, separate, completely separate, if at all possible, um, from any current drama in the, in the shooting community, there's been a lot of interesting conversations lately about kind of training mindset, um, how classes should be run, and sort of just different, different <coughs> ways to approach skill building in training. I've actually gotten a lot of a lot of questions about it lately, so I thought it would be something that's interest would be interesting for for us to discuss. And I've obviously got a lot of thoughts, but I would love to hear from from you guys as well. Um, one of the first things I think that I've gotten a lot of questions about, and, and this is I guess possibly more specific to classes, right? But kind of the idea of of process versus technique, right? So Obviously, you know, when I first got into this 10 years ago, um, every class I took for years and years and years was is what I would consider a technique-based training, right? You go into the class, the instructor goes, hey guys, um, here is the correct way to grip the pistol, <laughs> right? And then you go to another instructor and they're like, hey guys, th- here is the correct way to grip a pistol. And they're, of course, completely different. Um, but that was the way, you know, classes for the most part were taught back then um i feel like we've now kind of pendulum swung in some ways in the opposite direction towards kind of process based training where it's like hey man um you just need to kind of experiment for yourself um and and figure out how to get the gun to do what you want it to do um and and how you get there is going to be kind of individual and unique based upon who you are and what you're doing um, thoughts. How, what do you guys? What do? You, how do you guys kind of approach that? What are your What are your thoughts on kind of process versus technique? Yeah, I I like the process uh, way of training way better than technique. That said, I mean technique is needed, right? Um, yeah. I think when you're when you're looking at like process based training, I think you know the, like the easy one to talk about is grip, obviously, right? So like, mm-hmm. what are the main principles of grip and you could say like hey i want 
like one of the main principles of my grip is I need the gun to return back down to the same spot that it lifted from the dot to return back down to the same spot that it lifted from. And so when you start looking at it like that, it's like, Oh, well technique just simply aids the principles that we're trying to get. Um, I think starting to look at training like that is a lot smarter way than just practicing techniques. Because I think when you only practice tech techniques, it's like, yeah, you may get like pretty good, but I think at cert at a certain point you're going to plateau and you're not going to mm. know why. And you'll, yep. you'll make it to a specific point. Like, yeah, you might get pretty good, but again, you're not going to know why. And like, I think it is the longer road too. Like it's, it, because it's not the smart way because you're not looking at specific um, principles and you're not after, or you're not looking to like certain things in your training. You're just after like, Oh man, my grip was good. Or, you know, I just did the thing and I don't know why. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of principle based and, and process based training for sure. Something, something I've noticed and I could be wrong on this, but it's just something that I, I feel like I've noticed the trend a little bit, like the higher level, the shooter or the instructor, like the less they tend to get into like specific techniques on like a lot of the basic stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, like there's, there's a lot of examples. Um, for instance, though, I will just say like the class that, uh, Billy and I were at, at, uh, with Eric Grafell, like he pretty much didn't touch on any of the, a lot of like the fundamentals of what would be like a basic pistol class or even even an advanced pistol class for a lot of instructors like they're they're at least going to cover the draw briefly the grip briefly right like he didn't even talk he didn't talk about any of that other than like at one point he was like you all need to get the gun out way faster um didn't really tell us how <laughs> so to do it so start doing that <laughs> yeah didn't didn't care yeah. how we did it but he was like 0.6 seconds i need the dot to be on target and then figure it out from there uh yeah. like okay and so like whole line is going through doing it uh, different ways for, for everybody. Right. Uh, yep. But the point is that we were all trying to get to the same thing. And I always feel like the smaller the name instructor, the, the more stuff uh, that person feels like they have to come up with that is going to like immediately change someone's game. And I think that's one of the things that like potentially could be the goal of a lot of instructors is like, you're going to come to my class and uh, like you're going to leave a better shooter. And mm -hmm. the thing that I'm hearing from a lot of people, and, and this is how I see it is like, you're, you're not going to be a better shooter right away. Like hopefully you're, you're better for the knowledge that you've gained or some insight that you've gained. Uh, but like getting better is totally on you. Um, and if you're not interested in that, and if you're just there to take the class and like, all you had was like a good day on the range, hopefully. Right. Uh, but like, if you're, if you're serious about getting better then that, the work starts after class. And I know you guys feel the same way, uh, you know, six to 12 months of, of homework after a class, after nationals, like whatever it is, we're, we're taking notes and, and, and hammering on that stuff. Um, that's where I think is, is, is some of that technique stuff. It's like, I've got to give students techniques right now, uh, so that they can see a measurable difference versus allowing them to come to some of that realization on their own. Um, I think a better way for that, depending on the level of your class is like you were saying, Nick, I think you were kind of alluding to it, but you know, here's the goal of what we want a good grip to be. 
this is how I get to that. This is like, this is how I accomplish that and get the gun to behave this way. It's not like you might have it, you know, be a different way, but the bulk of your like lecture was the ideal thing. Uh, and then there's, you know, I might pick up something from you and then I might pick up something from Billy a little bit different with how you accomplish that. But ideally, I think we're trying to get to the same, the same thing. Um, and that way it's not, oh, there's like a Nick camp. There's a Brennan camp. There's a Billy camp. There's a, this person camp. No, like we're all trying to get to the same thing, mix and match as you will. Uh, if that's helpful to accomplish the same goal. That's all I look at. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. I think, you know, in, in my mind, in so many of these things, it would, where, where folks really get in trouble is, is by trying to get absolute with it. You know, we, we can get, we can get in, in the trap of, you know, carrying a hammer that's working really well for us right now and everything starts looking like a nail. Um, so it, it, I don't think it's, it's, for me, it's not either, it's not all one or the other. And it, and it can't be. You know, I, we, we all teach technique, even if we love process-based training. Like, we all, you come to any one of our classes, you're going to get specific techniques to work on, right? And that's an important ingredient. If I think if as an instructor you're saying, hey, man, um, here's, how the, here's how the gun needs to be behaving. Here's, you know, drills to analyze how the gun's behaving and figure out if it's behaving the way you want or if there's discrepancies. And then you just leave it at, if it's not doing what you want, go figure out how to fix that <laughs> and don't actually, you know, help the students with suggestions of things to try, then I feel like you are not doing your job. However, right, in some cases, I will suggest things for students to try to fix their problem that are exactly opposite. <laughs> so to me, the, the, the issue with quote unquote technique based training is it's not that we're not, we're saying you have to ignore technique, the technique's not important that we shouldn't be teaching technique. But if you're saying, hey man, again, this is the way to do this, or this is the way to solve your problem, that's where you get in trouble. You know, I've spent a, a lot of time now on the range of some high level shooters. And, you know, the, the, the kind of joke I, I always make, right, I'm sure you guys have heard me say this before, but, you know, if you get the top 10 shooters in the world in the room and ask them how to grip a pistol, the only thing they're going to agree on is that the 11th guy doesn't know what he's talking about, right? And that's a little bit of exaggeration, but it's also, it's also kind of true. They're all going to tell you something a little bit different. So, you know, if you think there's only one way to grip the pistol, or there is a best way to grip the pistol, I'm not sure that's true. I think there's a lot of variables there. Um, whether it's the fact that, you know, one guy on your line is shooting a 365 and one guy is shooting an open gun, whether it is, you know, differences in hand size and dexterity and, and strength and mass behind the gun and, and all, all the different things that we're working with, right? Um, you know, the, there's the principles are obviously can be universal, but the, the way that we apply those to get an optimal outcome on the gun is going to be a little bit different um, from shooter to shooter, and, and it has to be. You know, there's there's guys like, uh, you know, as an example, you look at you look at guys like Mike Seeklander and 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 Ben Steger, right? Both recognize the principle that hey, man, isolating the, isolating the uh, you know your trigger finger super important. Um, how does Ben do that? Well, by saying you need to relax the firing hand as much as possible. Um, how does Mike do that? By saying you need to grip harder with the firing hand, right? Uh, that's like really tough for a lot of people to get over. Um, but the fact is, depending on how much dexterity you have in your hands and, and, the, and the strength that you have and so forth, like your, your path to trigger finger isolation might literally be exactly opposite of somebody else. 
and that's okay. <laughs> like, you know, as long as you, as long as you can figure that out. But I do think, you know, it's, it's, it's our job to, to, to coach through that process and help folks find the techniques that work best for them. Um, and that, and that's where that, that process, we have to start with process, but then technique is also super, super important in the end, I think. I agree um, with that a hundred percent. And I think if you don't do any sort of technique, then you'll just leave people to their own devices and they just come up with different things that yeah. may or may not make sense. Yeah. You know, oh, when I teacup drip the pistol, it behaves consistently. And it's like, yeah, no, no, we, we can't do that. So I think yeah. showing people technique is a really good thing. It just needs to be followed up with like, hey, these are the principles that we're looking for. And these techniques will help right. supplement and I, and I think to your point, Brennan, as well, like level the, the level you're 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 kind of working at is important as well. Whether it's because you know in Eric's situation, you know everybody in our course was basically like master class and above, and therefore he didn't feel the need to like deconstruct the grip, right? For us, um, it, I think it goes the opposite way as well. You know, if you've got a shooter yes. as an example who's doing who's working on entries, and his current level is he's running into a position standing up and then presenting the gun to the target like worrying about a three-step entry is not his fix at that Correct. point right you, you start with the idea of hey man we got to get the gun up sooner <laughs> right and then eventually if you want to graduate to like super specific footwork stuff or whatever it is maybe that'll be helpful farther down the line so you know i think depending on what you're talking about either technique can be you know too soon or too late <laughs> uh depending on the on the kind of level you're working at too so same thing with like really new shooters, right? Like you can't expect to teach a brand new shooter how to shoot a gun without being very, very technique heavy, right? Yep. Where it's like, yeah, you may understand the goal is to shoot fast and shoot accurate, right? But like first I've got to teach you like how to hold this pistol because the way you keep doing this is you keep hooking your like middle finger of your left hand through the trigger guard. Like that's just not going to work. Like we got to just stop doing that not a good technique right and like you've got to <laughs> you know like you're just going to figure out a lot of that stuff at the beginning and it just is yeah. what it is um but i think if as an instructor all your classes are just hey do it this way this is how i do it this this is great this is awesome this will make you instantly better eh, not not as helpful cool so so then kind of the next version of this that i think has been discussed a whole lot lately, which is super, which I think is even more interesting, um, is kind of the, the idea of process versus outcome, right? So how, how do we approach our training, right? Should we be approaching it in a way that we're like, hey man, I'm just really concerned about doing this properly, doing it the right way, how I'm seeing it again, back to the idea of how, how is the gun behaving? What am I seeing through my my sights or through my optic as the gun is as is firing or as I'm moving or as I'm doing the transition, am I doing it correctly? Right, that would kind of be, you know, a process-based approach versus the outcome-based approach where we're just simply looking at results. Maybe there's a part-time we're trying to hit, maybe there's a, a score we're trying to hit, whatever the case may be. Um, and again, not, not to bury the lead, but I think we sometimes get in trouble getting absolute with this, thinking it's all one or the other, right? But uh, but I'll let you guys give, give your thoughts first. What do, what do you think about uh, kind of the process versus outcome-based approach, both either in a class setting or in your personal training? What, what have you found to be more more valuable? I think the the process is definitely 
it's going to help get you to the outcome that you're looking for. And I think that if you just go, hey, I'm just going to hammer on this outcome thing, I think that's when you'll see dudes like, you know, take track the A zone, right? Say, oh, I mm-hmm. want to get all, all alphas in three seconds. And then you yep. run it 12 times, and then you get one in three seconds. Like, technically, that's a win. And technically, yes, you do have to do it at least one time to meet your goal. But I think there's a lot smarter way of doing it. And, like, breaking down, like, specific aspects of it, isolating things of it, you know, mm-hmm. of that specific uh, drill, just as an example. Um, and then going through the process to get there, I think, is a little bit smarter way than just being so outcome focused and i think you'll get there a lot sooner than just trying to hammer on a specific time and again that's just an example um i know i've had range days where i've done this and and like i'm sure you guys have too and i get done and i'm like man i could have done that like a lot faster if i just trained a little bit smarter and focused on doing the thing that i was supposed to be doing Mm mm-hmm so I think everyone goes through that at some point. For sure. I think um, like it's been a super popular thing in the past, at least uh, from what I've seen, you know, be more, be more in love with like the process of getting better than just like the goal of, you know, you know, making some, you know, arbitrary goal. Right. And I do think that is a good, like overall, philosophy to have right because just in life in general if you just set goals for yourself and that's the only thing that drives you um like the you'll eventually reach the goal and then it doesn't last that long like the the satisfaction from reaching that and like for so for a lot of people who are driven you know very goal driven that it's just okay well now i've got to set a new one and then everything is just kind of you know just a grind until we get there um and i think with shooting like there's in my opinion there's just there's a lot of fun to be had along the way um and if you enjoy the process of getting better then that's great when it comes to like actual like training time on the range um i think you have to be concerned with outcomes in many ways because like at the end of the day we're like we're training to be able to shoot matches or you know, win a gunfight if the, if it came to that. Right. And so like, I care very much about the outcome. Like I want to win the match and I want to be alive at the end of the gunfight and all that stuff. And so the outcome to me matters a lot, but, but with the outcome with, 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 with training and a training day is going to, um, kind of illuminate areas, uh, of my process that are, that are, that are jacked up. Right. And so like I look at shooting stages and going, okay, so my goal on this stage is to do essentially like this hit factor on it uh, or to have this many alphas and only allow these many charms. And that's very much thinking about the outcome and it allow it it then drives my process for, okay, so, you know, (laughs) if I can only allow two Charlies on this whole stage, then where is that likely going to happen? And how does that affect how I'm going to engage all these other targets and, and, and what mm-hmm. my dot has to look like on every other target? Um, so I think you can use outcome. I don't even want to call it outcome based training, but you can use an outcome uh, and the desire to achieve a certain outcome to give yourself valuable, like a valuable roadmap for how to get there. But then the work needs to be put in on like the process side of it. Um, 
that's how I look at it. Like, I really don't think you can just completely separate the two. Um, Agreed. And I, yeah, that's, I, I have, I have to use that so, some level of, of balance like that in every single range session. Um, mm -hmm. Or else I, I really don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of lost, right? If, it, if it's just about feeling good behind the gun or, you know, having everything look good, like that's not going to get you very far in a match. Uh, you got to have something tangible to work for. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think outcome has to define process, and therefore the two are are inextricably linked. Um, for for example, right? I mean, if 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 I was just, you know, and I think this applies more to probably gun handling than anything else. But uh, I mean, I think all of us started with a fairly traditional draw, <laughs> right? And we all are doing something that's way closer to a scoop now than when we started. Why is that? I feel attacked. Be because the initial process that we were using was not giving us the outcome that we wanted. Mm -hmm. Right? Was was the process that we were using, like, <laughs> technically meeting the principles we could have articulated? Sure. You know, was it was it pretty efficient? Sure. Was it giving us a good grip out of the holster? Sure. You know, was it... We know were we actually following the what I would have defined as a good process? Sure, but it wasn't giving me the outcome that I wanted, and therefore I had to change the process <laughs> to give me the outcome that I wanted, right? And so right. <clears throat> I definitely think you know that both it requires both, a hundred percent. And so to me, you know, in class for, for for in classes anyway, what I end up doing a lot is starting with process and then finishing with outcome in order to create goals and explore potential. So as an example, um, on a transition, right? If, we, if we're working transitions, you know, starting with like, <laughs> you know, starting with like a Blake drill, if you're trying to teach someone how to do transitions, is a really bad idea, right? Like giving them, hey, hey, here's, here's how this should sound or here's like what the time standard should be, right? And we're just going to do like predictive shooting, like transitions. You're just going to kind of throw the gun around and we're going to do it enough times until you figure out where the targets are and build muscle memory to the point that you can kind of throw rounds towards the middle of the target and meet the time, right? Did we really learn anything from that? Probably not, right? Um, so starting, I think, with a strictly process-based approach where all we're looking at is, man, how's the gun arriving on target? <laughs> is it landing where we want it to? You know, are my eyes beating the gun to the target? Am I seeing that dot come onto the target in such a way that I can actually predict when it's going to be crossing the A zone? You know, things like this. This is all I'm looking at. Maybe I'm using a timer as a, as a start signal, but I'm literally not reading off times at all. We're just kind of looking at how is the gun behaving? Are we shooting efficiently? And what are the hits, you know, on, on target, right? But then when you switch to some kind of a drill that has a defined outcome, you find that people are lying to themselves a lot of times, right? They're they're maybe they're maybe they're over confirming on a transition way more than they need to be, right? And it's and it's not because of the process. They're thinking process, but they're not actually following the process that they're articulating. They're doing something way different than that, and the timer kind of proves that, right? Um, so I think it, I think it's super interesting um, to to shift back and forth from the two modes of training. And that's really where I get I think the most the most benefit is is switching back and forth taking a look at a, when you when you have an outcome you're trying to achieve definitely it's a way to analyze your skill sets figure out where the holes in your game are and where you have room to improve and then back up and look at your process and figure out okay what's the issue here am i not 
actually executing my process well or do I need to change something in the way that I'm doing this in order to achieve the outcome that I want. And then sometimes you have to work on that for a while and regardless of what the outcome of your current you know, attempts are, um, sometimes you gotta get a little bit worse before you can get better when you, when you change things, right? And that's totally fine. But you have to back up and, and, and work on that just process for a while before you can re revisit outcome. I think also the you know your your training context is important. So as an example, like you know, you know, can you use part time stuff like that in dry fire for gun handling? Sure. Um, do I use you know part times in dry fire for anything that involves like transitions uh, and recoil in dry fire? <laughs> Honestly, no, not anymore. <laughs> right? I think we probably all started doing that kind of thing at one point. But it's like no, man. If I'm doing transitions in dry fire, like you know you you really can't you can't time that all i'm trying to do is get the gun to stop properly in the right spot that i'm looking and, and working on the visual precision and that kind of stuff and so you know wh where where you're working how you're working what you're trying to get out of it i think is important but, but yeah i think i think both both are good both have a place i think the hardest part about this for people is defining what that process actually is and what it looks like for what they're trying to get out of that outcome mm -hmm. and i think that's you know, not to plug our classes, but uh, if you come to a class, hopefully you you will learn the, the actual process and how to train and stuff, which is going to help the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Even even just that that piece you mentioned, Nick, as as elementary as it might sound, but like skills, picking skills to work on, right? Seems seems to be such a challenge. You know, I, I'm sure you guys get these DMs as well. I got I, I got another one this week that was like very very specific that that you know pops up in mind. It was like, hey man, you know I'm 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 getting ready to do uh you know a, a, a drill. I'm getting ready to do a training day for our department. Um, here's the size of the range. Do you have any ideas of good drills for us to run? Yeah. No. <laughs> right? No. Uh, not at all. Right? There's there's no uh, there's no secret sauce to any particular drill that's gonna like make you guys better shooters. Like, pick something you want to work on, like a skill set that you want to isolate, and then pick a drill or set up some targets such a way that you can isolate that skill and go to work on it. Man, that's that's all it is. That's all it is. There's uh, but that's 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 tough for a lot of people. I, I like to say that I think a a realistic self-assessment is one of the most valuable tools a shooter can have. You don't want to think you're better than you are at something. You also don't want to think you're worse than you are at something. You want to know exactly where your strengths and weaknesses are so that you can actually steer your training into what those those weaknesses are and figure out how to improve on those. Um, but it's this, something that a lot of folks struggle with for sure. I think this whole, like this whole discussion is just another like huge plug for why you should use hit factor scoring and stuff too, mm. right? Because like, I think a lot of people when they're training to accomplish some sort of goal, if the goal is a pass fail accuracy, pass fail time standard, um, like that limits you, right? And so you're either, you're like, yeah, you're either passing it or you're not. Um, and you're, and you're, you're passing or failing in, in one of two areas. And so, what I've, what I've seen a lot of people, like literally I had a guy message me maybe a couple of weeks ago, I said something about, you know, skills over drills, right? 
And he messaged me, he was like, I totally disagree with this. He was like, I've gotten way better by working on specific drills and figuring out where I was lacking. Uh, like, I think he referenced a fast <laughs> drill. And I was like, like, okay, like, I, I get it, man. Like, like, I was there too, at one point, right, where I was like, Oh, I yeah. shot a fast drill. Oh, it was like seven and a half seconds. Well, that's terrible. How are people doing it in like three and a half seconds? And right. yeah, like, like, that's like a decent starting starting off point. Um, but I think the idea would be, you could save yourself a lot of time and heartache in, 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 in getting away from those standards, use those maybe as a test every once in a while. But the, the, but the real test would be measuring some sort of like measuring both your speed and accuracy on a sliding scale. And that's what hit factor does. Um, and, and that identifies exactly where your weaknesses are instead of just, you know, identifying you have to be this way in order to be successful at this drill. And so I think, uh, I think if as an instructor, you have a lot of drills in your class that are structured that way, um, that's going to, um, that's going to affect the way people think about how to train, um, just in that, in, in that way, just from associating that drill with you. Um, and so I think if you do have drills like that, it's, you need to be careful that you communicate like what those drills are for, what they're, uh, trying to accomplish. Really, they're not drills, they're, they're like tests, right? Um, and that's why I think like having some sort of shooting standards or, or, or something similar where there's a sliding scale like hit factor uh, or something like that, that's pretty much the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to like putting everybody in the class through something. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've talked about this before and I think some folks have misunderstood in that, you know, I, I have a real issue with with standards that are just pass fail <laughs> right yes if it's a if it's if it's going to be a standard it has to have a pass and it has to have a fail or else it's not a standard right but if that's all it is then that's not very helpful um i think some s tests that give you a score <laughs> right a, a final score that is a reflection of both speed and accuracy are way more helpful and allow you to track linear progression for you as a shooter um yeah great great to have a standard you know for folks to shoot to towards you know motivation for training all that sort of thing um but you know you need to be able to track improvement and, and linear progression versus just saying hey man if you get if you get one charlie you're you're out of this <laughs> and that's that's all the information you get right um so yeah i agree agree with that 100 percent, right that's good stuff Cool guys. Well, we uh, we covered a lot of random stuff tonight, but hopefully it was it was good for folks and helpful. Any la, la, fi, final thoughts on any of that man training related or otherwise before we sign off? Go shoot a match. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Ho hopefully the next nationals podcast that we do, I will get to uh, participate in that. So. <laughs> Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna lock down the we're gonna lock down all all top three spots next year, bro. At, at the Bills Drill competition, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. What was what was what was third place, Brennan? Do you remember the time? One sixty one. I feel like Nick's got mm. that. Yeah, no problem. Dude, in the back, I've got I've got one forties all day long. There you go. There you go. Top three, baby. Here we come. <laughs> Everyone else be on notice. I don't know. Isaac, Isaac might be might might be able to participate next year, so maybe that's, we'll have three of the top four. We'll see. Can, 
can we get like a speed up and get your hits t-shirt or something like and put that on the on the Dude. camera I mean, come on. That'd be cool. It needs to be a cutoff, dude. It needs to be cutoff sleeve. No. Oh. No. Cut off like, cut off with a hood. No. Dude, sign no. me up. I will wear it. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think we that's that's definitely worth thinking about for sure. We'll have to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Good stuff. Thanks for being here. Guys, thanks for listening. If, if, you, if you still made it here, uh, check us out. All our information is down in the information below. If you haven't followed these guys on the socials, definitely do that. Or uh, train with any of us if you get a chance. I promise you won't regret it. And, and other than that, until next time, this has been Speed Up and Get Your Hits. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.